Ask the Podcast Coach for January 13th, 2024. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. That's music. That means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dot com and joining me right over there is the uh, the one and only Jim Cullison from the Average Guy TV. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. It's <laughs> freezing here in in, in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska. Negative four. Oh, supposed to see negative twenty two tomorrow as the low. So, anyways, it's always warm on Ask the Podcast Coach. Though. Yeah, and and for our friends across the pond, that means it's really cold. That's yeah, like, it, I, don't, I don't know what that is really. in Celsius, but yeah, I went to bed and it's weird getting the weather forecast from the woman in the tube from Amazon because she's like, it's, you know, 45 degrees when I went to bed. And she says, tomorrow there should be a high of something in the 40s. And I woke up and she's like, yeah, it's, it's 24 degrees outside. I'm like, you no. lie. The woman We're in the tube. cold weather your way. By the way, in Fahrenheit and Celsius, I think negative 40, they come together. So if it's negative 22, we're getting close. Yeah. Just, you know, you know, we're getting close. Well, another way to, uh, to warm yourself up besides gathering around the campfire that is asked the podcast coaches, some little Java and that coffee pour is brought to you by our good friend, Mark over at podcastbranding.co. He's done work for me. If you're watching the video right now, you're looking at ask the podcast coach logo school of podcasting and podcast rodeo show. And I am happy. And the thing I loved about Mark is he, first of all, he gave me multiple choices. And it wasn't like we had like three revisions. Like, oh, this is close. But I was like, no, that's it. That's the one right there. Now, why did he do that? How did that work? Because he works with you one-on-one. And you're just not going to get that from somebody on Fiverr. And he listens to your show. He looks at your website. Because it's not just artwork. If you want him to build a whole website for you, Mark has got you covered. And I love the fact that he's an award-winning graphic artist. And a podcaster, because he kind of just gets it. And so he's awesome. Whatever you need to look good, go over and see Mark over at podcastbranding.co. Because you got to remember, one key ingredient is they're going to see you before they hear you. Podcastbranding.co. Boom, 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 boom. Of course, big thanks to our good friend Dan Lefebvre over there, based on a true story at uh, based on a true story podcast.com. This week, he has in the most recent episode, 297, Milk, Roman Empire, and Walk the Line. Did you ever see Walk the Line, the new Johnny Cash remake? Is that the David? one with uh, that guy Reese, and, and, and Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, and that's a really Phoenix, good Walking it, Phoenix. Yeah. Is that right? Did yeah. I, get those two names I think right? that's yeah. his name. Yeah. Dan covers both, though. So, Anyways, check it out today based on a true story podcast.com. Dan, thanks for your sponsorship. Well, here's a fun uh, bit of trivia. If you're not, uh, Daniel found us because he went to YouTube in my haste. Here's a, a fun lesson. If you're using Ecamm Live, be sure to switch to the profile you use before making the live event because I never went over and switched slash live, which is why we have 13 people instead of 30 people here. So people have to go to YouTube Just to find me right now. And you switch it now, or is that's it what still, I'm trying to figure still... out. I'm like, can I get the link? Uh, once we're going, if somebody can give me the link to us in YouTube, I can fix that as we're talking. But in the meantime, what we'll do is we'll go over and say hello to my friend Ralph 
as soon as I, boy, this is, I'm just not, this is a hot mess this morning. I'm a hot mess this morning because it just dawned on me that I made this scene and I can only do it from actually Ecamm Live. It's not set to my, uh, my stream deck yet. So we'll bring on Ralph from askralph.com. How's it going, buddy? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys today? Hey, welcome to the train wreck. It's always good to be on a train wreck as long as you're sitting in a safe seat. That's it. And you're in a safe seat, my friend. So what can we help you with today? So I wanted to share a horror story, actually. So let me give everybody some background. So I was kind of, I was uh, good enough to get an interview with a, an attorney this past week. Okay. And, you know, attorneys charge a ton. So for him to give me an hour's time was really impressive. So we did a great podcast recording. It really went well. We used Libsyn Connect. It actually went really well. And then brought in the audio. And I said, you know, this week I'm going to play with this Descript. So I pulled it into Descript and, you know, they, they've got this cool tool that says, you know, we'll remove, can't think of a term, but these words that- Filler uh, words. Filler words, yes. So I click on the button and it says, do you want to remove 436 filler words? So I said, wow, I didn't realize that we had that many filler words. And of course, my wife was sitting across the table and she goes, well, you constantly are saying, you know, you know, <laughs> you know. So, so I decided, well, you know, let me, let me listen through this and I'll clear out some of these filler words. And at the time I was like, that's fantastic. Look at this. This sounds so good. So I released the podcast. It, it went live this morning and I'm on my walk with the two German shepherds this morning. I start listening to this podcast and I'm hearing, but, but, yeah. yeah, that's it. So I, I, I scurry back to the house, grab my laptop and revert back to the recording that was without those things. Now the, the recording now has the ums and the right. so and the wells, but it's just, just something now I'm, I'm getting, you know, back into learning this whole podcast thing. And I just wanted to throw it out there to the listeners of the show, because man, you've got, first of all, be careful using that tool. That, yeah. That's that's thing number one. Thing number two, and, and this caught me this morning, is don't assume that the vi- that the audio is going to sound good. You really have no. to listen to it. Yeah. But before you put it up there, so I'm here to tell you a a lesson I have learned, and I'm here to tell you every time I do not do this, and I mean every time, it bites me in the butt. And that is before I upload it, I listen to it, and I know I just said it. I know I just edited. It. I know I just listened to the whole thing from beginning to end. But once I, I hear it in, in my case, Hindenburg, and I export it, I listen to it again at about two and a half X on extreme silent skip. I'm just listening for obvious stuff. The other thing you can do in some cases is I will go into whatever program and I will zoom way out so I can see the whole file because that will show you when, oh, that's interesting. I have 15 seconds of blank space because, oh, channel four is muted. But I always listen, and I'm here to tell you, every time I go, I just listen to it. It's fine. I upload it. Next morning, I wake up, and I have five people going, do you know there's 30 seconds of nothing in the middle of your, your thing? That remove all filler words, it's AI. And we all need to remember that at its best, AI is 90%, which means you got to replace every 10 words if you're doing something. And in my experience, it's closer to 80% accurate. And what I do with Descript when I use it, I love the fact that I can go, go to next filler word, delete, go back, listen. Okay, that's a good edit. Go to next filler word. So I don't have to, I don't have to like listen to the whole thing. I can skip and go to the next filler word, let it do it. And then go, oh, that's a horrible edit. Hold on. And then you zoom in and that's a whole, that's the whole joy of Descript. When, when it comes to editing in Descript, 
I'm so used to Hindenburg. When I do kind of what I call scalpel editing, I use Sony SoundForge. And the only reason I use that, it's the first one I ever used. And you kind of always keep with the one you you learned on. It's not as easy because it tries to remove things like, uh, um, I think it was yesterday. Okay, that's because the the um is right next to the yesterday. But if it's, well, uh, I think it was yesterday, that's easy to remove. And, but yeah, so great tip, man. Any, anything else we, uh, Jim, you got any insights into? Yeah, I'd, I'd say sometimes there's automatic removal tools actually create more work for you than they, they take away. Right. Because I think if you're going to run that, especially across a long podcast, you got to listen to the whole thing before you let it go. Like you just have to, you, who knows what that thing's going to do to your audio. Right. So I think it just creates, I'm not a big fan of it. I leave them in. If it's bad, like if I had a paying customer and they're like, hey, can you take the ums and ahs out? Yeah, I'm going to go through, by the way, I'm going to do it manually because it also affects the timing. And sometimes you might get a, uh, that came in in the end of a sentence that if you try to remove that thing, it's just going to hose or it's going to sound terrible or it's going to be obvious. And I know this is weird. Sometimes you have to add space back into the audio after some of those things have been removed because it doesn't sound natural. So I'm, I don't, I used to do those remo- sound or the, the uh, gap removal. That's not what it's called. You know, if there's gaps in the audio, it'll crunch them down. I used to do all that. It just doesn't, just do it manually or don't do it. Yeah. It's kind of my, well, it's Gar- kind of my. Gary mentions video. if you're uh, doing video. Those edits yeah, can make the video look like Max Headroom. No, it's impossible. No, it's, impossible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. Impossible. I had a guy last night, the other thing I noticed, that I had somebody who I think was kind of nervous when I interviewed them. And so there was a lot of, well, that, that, that can be, and I'm like, okay, we just need one that. And so I cut out the second two, or, or the first two, and kept the third one. And then what happens is someone is talking like this. That is going to, and all of a sudden, they got really excited for no apparent reason. That's another one that I'm like, eh. and there were some, there, there was one where, and again, that's how people talk. Sometimes we get stuck, stuck, stuck on a word because we're waiting for our brain to catch up that I edited out to where the sentence was complete. It just sounded really weird because he got excited in the middle of a sentence for no apparent reason. I was like, you know what? I'd rather, which one sounds more, which one makes him sound smarter? The one where it's a weird jump in tone or the that, that, that. And I was like, that sounds normal. The other one sounded like, that's a bad edit. So I left it in. So it's, you can get, I saw somebody in Reddit today, you can lose your mind editing. And when I do editing, the one thing I listened to was Dave. I edited out a lot of Dave because what I was doing, it I would be like, hey, Jim, you know, you did that one thing with the skis and then I think there was a video thing in the back and whatever and and the thing and the there's uh, so how did you decide to put your logo in the background? Well, okay, the question was, how did you decide to put the logo in your background? We don't need. I'm giving Jim all the backstory as to why I'm asking it, so he can shape his answer. But there was a lot of times I was giving a ton of like, well, you know, sometimes you do this and sometimes you do that, blah 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 blah. blah. Question, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's just go to the question. And then it's also the opposite. A lot of times people go to answer a question. And they're like, well, back in the 1400s, my great, great Dan daddy, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, wait, I asked you what microphone do you use? You know, and so when they finally get the end, I cut out all the backstory because people love meat and potatoes, but, you know, please keep the garnish. Nobody's eating that parsley. 
but you can go crazy. And I always call it, you're listening through the ears of a podcaster. And I, there are times when I have to go, is this good enough? Or am I listening through the ears of a podcaster? Because especially when I come to removing room noise, I have like three different plugins. And there are times when I'm like, well, maybe if I do this, and I'm like, you know what? It's good enough. It's like, they don't sound like they're in a fishbowl anymore. You just have to go back and listen. You should never release an episode without having listening to good, good chunks of it before it goes out. So I did an edit last night for one of our work podcasts. I listened to that thing like six times. I was like, okay, I'm not going to get caught. And I even have a third year listening to it for the final, like the final approval before it goes live. So just, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think you got to go back and listen to it. So. It was certainly a lesson learned. So thank you, gentlemen. I, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to pass that along because, you know, I did listen to it and I didn't hear the things. And, and, and I've, I've come to realize that sometimes in an interview, you just have to let the natural conversation flow. Yep. And the ums and the wells and all that, that's just part of the way we talk. Well, so it, it, it makes sense in the end to just leave those things in there. Yeah. And the other thing I do for editing is I listen to the question, right, once I finally get to it. And then I listen to the answer and I ask myself, does that answer deliver value to my audience? Like I asked him once, um, I forget the one question I asked him and he gave me a, a fairly long answer and I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't, I, I mean, I thought he was going to answer A and he gave me answer B and I was like, yeah, but answer B isn't really, that's not going to help my audience. So I just cut the whole thing because, you know, people, Rob Walt said something really good on the feed uh, in the last episode. And he said, so many people are like, I'm trying to cut my, trying to cut my interview down to X amount of minutes because that's how long my show is. And he goes, if you're cutting out bad content, great. If you're cutting out good content, stop doing that. He's like, if it's good content, nobody cares. I mean, I've listened to, to five minute episodes that felt like an hour and I've listened to an hour long episode that felt like five minutes because it was good. He's like, never cut out good content. You know, I, I have a weird thing I do where once I get it, I get all the questions that I think are delivering value. I of that I play the weakest link, and I'm like, okay, this one question here de delivers the least amount of value, and I will remove that one. That's just a weird Dave thing, just so I know that the rest of them all, I feel some way or another, are going to help my audience. So that's that's all my editing tips in uh, you know uh, 18 minutes or less. <laughs> there you go so hey thanks for jumping in anything else i don't think so guys you guys are doing a great job and i'm really Thank learning you. a lot from you folks so uh keep up the Hi. good work and know that there are there are people out here like myself that are learning from you guys so i appreciate your time you dedicate to the craft i really do all right you bet Th thanks you're Ralph. very welcome thanks we'll for jumping in yep and of course you can find him at askralph.com he's uh he's, he's an accountant and and talks about money and stuff I think this is tagline. Hey, can I, yeah. Can I can I share a surreal experience this week sure. that I just that I just remembered? Is that okay? Can we transition? Oh yeah. Um I was I was in a week and I was meeting we we have a newish within the last year or two employee. I'm gonna ask you a weird uh, who thing. Came in. Yeah. Can you start that again and I'll explain why yeah. when we're done? Yeah, yeah. So I so I was in a marketing meeting this week. And uh, a fairly newish employee that has been around year and some change and had done uh, had done kind of an audit on all of our podcast work, and which was super helpful, super helpful to get a kind of a second eye on it. Somebody who's new to the culture, new to the experience, maybe hasn't listened to a lot of the podcast to get that um, to get that perspective. 
you you don't have to have you you could get a friend to do that too. You don't have to have somebody that works for you to do that or works with you to do that. But super helpful. So she says to me <laughs> during the during the audit, she comes down and she says she starts bringing in podcasts like Joe Rogan, and she's like, "Can you believe these people do three and four hour podcasts and they get thousands or millions of listens?" I think, and this is the very first time anyone's ever said to me, I think we should go longer. Mm. Like, you know how the trend has been like shorter right. TikTok. You got to do it in under 20 minutes. Nobody's listening that long. You know, it's that has been the, those that's been the trend of the advice. This is the very first time I, somebody ever said to me, can you go longer? And I was like, well, we could now our, our established audience is a, they're a 60-minute crew. That's what they expect. For 10 years, I've done 60-minute podcasts. They've That's what they've adapted to. That's what they like. That's what they know. They'll listen the, to the... If they don't have time, they'll listen to 30 minutes of it and turn it off. Like, it's, the, you know... Right. Um, and so... But I can't give them the extra 30 minutes if they wanted it. So I'd rather go 60. We just found that to work really, really well. Not saying I couldn't sit down and do a two- or three-hour podcast. I could. I could do that easily. You and I could do, well, we do this for 90 minutes. Yeah. Easy, easy, right? You, there's there's enough content there. But Dave, it was just interesting. You know, as we think about the cycles of anything, podcasting, because we're talking about it, be careful as the latest gurus or the latest individuals or even feedback that you get on your podcast from listeners. Um, just be careful of that, of that currentism of things of like, oh, you know, you, you need to make a 15 second podcast or it's nothing. And then, and then somebody's like, no, it needs to be 15 hours. And you're like, oh, oh okay, let's settle down here. Uh, first of all, be you and do what you do best in all of this. So for me, I'm a good hour guy. I can go 90 minutes with you. I like an hour. I can do anything in between. I like those two. That works for me. I think I'd get bored on a three hour, just to be honest, if oh. I, 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 right. I'm just like, that's too long for me. I couldn't do it. No matter how interesting the guest is, I just couldn't do it three. So I think the key is find what you're good at and do it and, and do it well. And when you want to make a change, you, you, you do that, right? You, you make that change. It was just a great reminder, you know, this week of like, I got that currentism thing going on where it's like, yeah, Joe Rogan, you know, yeah, like yeah. he's doing well. He's, and I'm like, yeah, you know, we don't do, we don't do, I don't do high podcasts high. Do, so that, yeah. doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work. Do you listen to Mike Rowe anymore? I don't. I don't he either. got too long. Yeah. He, he got was, too he, long. He got Roganitis. And I was like, yeah. oh, I must just talk about, I just want to talk with my friends for hours. And I'm like, but you were, you were the show for people with a short attention span. And then, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I love that show. He changed the format and then he lost two listeners. Now, on the other hand, he might've gained some people who like those really long shows, but it's just not me. Again, Rob Walsh, I think it was the last episode, the same episode. He talked about, there was some study where they looked at the top, whatever, 200 podcasts in Apple. And it was a big chunk of them were more than, you know, 40 minutes long. There were somewhere around an hour, maybe a little more. And that doesn't mean again, that you should go out and do an hour-long podcast. I think, like Jim said, A, who is this for? And if the answer is really, really busy people, really, really busy people do not have three hours to listen to a podcast. They're looking for that 10-minute, here's a quick you know, hit, here's a quick tip, whatever, you know, and go from there. And then the other one is, 
and I've done this where I remember once I found just a treasure trove of content and I was like, this is amazing. I can't wait to tell my audience. And I was really excited. And so my episodes were normally like 20 minutes. This was for an old music show I did. And instead I did like probably 45 minutes and I was like, that was great. And then all of a sudden, like the next day rolled out and I was like, what am I going to do for the next episode? And that's when it was like, oh yeah, I had about three weeks worth of stuff there that I just blew. And I was like, oh, I probably should have kept some of that stuff. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, know your audience, know who it's for that whole nine yards. What yeah. do they want? Sometimes, you know, individuals want to get involved. Your audience will even be this way. They'll, they'll want to get involved with comments or whatever. And then there'll be some, there'll be some negative comments to their feedback. Yeah. yeah. Right. So they'll give feedback publicly and then someone else will come in and just give them some negative feedback and nobody, they, <laughs> it's so funny because everybody thinks their feedback is the best feedback and it's right all the time. Oh, and mine's the when truth. They, yeah. When they get, <laughs> when they get underrun by somebody else, then it's this like, you know, it's this, you know, oh no, no, no. And this is, this battle ensues. Sometimes behind the scenes, producing wise, that can, that can happen too. Somebody wants to get involved. They got these great ideas. You implement them. You get some negative feedback and trust me, listen, in my job for the last 10 years, I get negative feedback every day. Yeah. Every day I get someone who says, I don't like the way you or your company has done something. Right. And I represent the company for, for what we do. And you got to kind of say, Hey, I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And if I can make a change, I will. If I can't, I won't. And there, I, there are some people who just can't get past that. And then there's other people who are very gracious to say, no, I understand. You know, I understand it's your job. I, I, and I understand you can't do everything. You can't fix everything. But you're going to, you know, what I do find is folks, I, I have a hard time keeping folks around in the podcasting space sometimes. As soon as that negative feedback comes in, they are gone. They just, they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. if you're going to stay in the podcast space, you know this, oh. if you're going to stay in the podcast space, you got to be, you got to take some, you got to take your lumps and you got to handle your lumps. Right. I mean, that's the other thing too, with it. Sometimes you got to be able to handle them. So it's a, it's a tough space to be in. Everybody's got advice <laughs> and everybody's got an opinion. How you deal with them is what's important. Yeah. And, and the first thing you said there was. I say to them, I hear you. Yeah. That's yeah. really, in many cases, they just want to be heard. And yeah. that that will, back back in the day when I, I used to teach customer service and I taught a thing called the heat approach, which was hear them out, empathize, apologize, and then take action to, to solve the problem. And it was funny, if I walked into an office and I walked in, I would have a notebook and a pen and paper. So I'd be sitting here you know, uh, Mr. Customer, I understand you're you're not happy with this. And the minute they started talking, I started writing. Now, I could have been drawing Mickey Mouse cartoons or whatever, but I showed them I was writing this down. And just my body language showed what you're saying is important. And what I found is, the and don't interrupt them, don't try to defend, just let them vent. And the more, it's hard to vent for a long time. It's It's like letting air out of a balloon. And then once the balloon's been deflated, then you're like, you know, I understand this is really frustrating and, and it's, boy, I, I, I can only imagine the, the way this made you feel. I'm so sorry that we put you into this position and here's what we're going to do to resolve this. We're going to refund. Obviously, we're going to refund that. We're going to do this and then we're going to put this here. Would that solve your problem? They go, that would be awesome. And then you go, 
my work here is done. So sometimes though, sometimes though, and I had a situation this week where I had a customer where no matter what I did, it was not going to work. And, and, you know, it could have, at some point I just kind of had to say, I can't. Right. I mean, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like I, I, we, we were pretty clear on these things. This was a long time ago and I'm sorry. And not, you know, and I got the not good enough and some of those kinds of things. At some point, sometimes you just have to walk away. Right. I mean, just say, okay, we can't, we can't agree at this point. And that, and, and, and let's just, let's just agree to disagree and we'll be done with it. Right. I have done the thing where you go, when you go and we can do this and then that would be, and they go, that's not good enough. And you go, okay, well, right. well, what would be good enough? And they go, I want a million dollars, a helicopter yeah. and a private jet to my, and like, okay, we can't do that. You know, and here's, here's another tip today. If you are new to podcasting, quit buying media hosting if you don't have any media to host. And what I mean by this is people, I work at Libsyn and people will like, oh, they'll go through their checklist, you know, come up with a name, get your artwork. And then the next thing on the list will be buy media hosting. And the next thing on the list should be record an episode. And so they order the media hosting and then, you know, whatever, grandma died again, something happened, but you got distracted from your podcast and you look up two years later. So my other tip would be, I don't know, back in the day, they called it balance your checkbook, but maybe check your bank every now and then for things that you didn't authorize to be charged. And in this case, you did authorize it to be charged, but I've run into this a couple of times as we literally like people have been paying for media hosting when they're not hosting any media, like zero, they never uploaded a file. And then they're like, yeah, can I get two years of refunds for that? And it's, it's kind of like, usually, you know, we do cause, but on the other hand, you kind of go realize, I know like if you don't watch anything on Netflix, you know, last month, you, you don't get a refund. Like we do more than media hosting here. It's so please quit buying media hosting. If you don't have any media to, to host. It's not a good way to, uh, to do that. We did get some, well, we recommend, we, we recommend make a few, make a few podcasts before you put them yeah. on that set, on that set hosting. That could save you a whole bunch of time and you know, get make some five. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Make five, see how they go. It, we, then, you know, and it, I, and I always like even a Z man pro was asking this in the chat, like, should I make five 20 minute videos on old content? I don't know. Like what's your content and, and will it work for the audience that you have? I get at, we, we get asked this all the time, right? Of like, should I go this direction? Well, I mean, there, there are some like definite, well, not even, I shouldn't even say it that way. There are times we'd say yes or no, but in most cases, if you're thinking about it, try it out. Like say, Hey, I'm going to give this a try. It might work. Listen, nobody knew when Rogan started going three hours, nobody was doing three hours at that point. And he didn't care. That's what he wanted to do. <laughs> he just went three hours and he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Cause this is what I want to do. And I, I find it interesting. And it was a format that worked for him, you know? So I, I would say if you're thinking about like, Hey, should I, well, guess what? You have all the materials and equipment to be able to do that. Splice them up. Give it a try. Test it out because you never know. It may fall flat, but it may be wildly popular. And, you know, you might get some traction on it. So I, I you got to give it a try to know for sure. Yeah. And the thing to do there is do a couple, see how much time it took to do that, and then go, okay, that took me six hours to do a 20-minute video. Do I have six hours a week in my life available to do that. Well, well, then you're not doing a weekly video. Can you do it once a month? Maybe, whatever. So many people try to squeeze their life into their 
their podcast schedule. And I'm like, no, 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 that's backwards. That's, that is the number one ingredient of burnout. Like I'm going to do a daily show. Okay. Good luck with that. Which then becomes a, I'm going to do a three day of work. I'm going to do a, okay. Weekly. Okay, good. But you know, there are, there are people that do daily shows. Most of them batch them all in one day. Cause the other thing you have to remember, you're like, yes, I have six hours a week. Great. Do you have another two hours a week to promote this thing? to go out and network and cause it's not enough to just get it out there. You got to go promote it. You got to do guest appearances and social and all that other fun filled stuff. So well, you, you don't have to, you don't have to, right? but other, you don't have to. Yeah. Otherwise you're in the kind of, if we build it, it will come thing unless you've made really good content. And when you ask your audience, Hey, would you mind sharing this with somebody? And maybe they will a small percentage, but they will. So, I mean, if some people just say, I just want to do it to do it. Like yeah. it's, it's, enough for me just to record it. And then, yeah, you don't need the whole social promotion, pay for ads, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can just do it for you. Just, well, and I, I, I hate to say this, you might do it that way, not do a very good job of advertising. And it still may get some pretty good numbers if it's great content and you hit, you get lucky. There's just, I do know if you don't do anything, it'll, it'll, you'll always have a zero number, right? So you always, I can guarantee it. Do nothing. You'll get a zero number. So I think you just got to get out there and try it. Be you in that. Do it your way. There, and there, listen, there's some industry ways. There's some smart things to do. There's some smart advice. We wouldn't have a job here on Ask the Podcast Coach if we didn't have smart ways of doing things. But at the end of the day, it's really the way you want to do it. Yeah. From the chat room, Craig said from livewellandflourish.com. Oh, that comment hit home. I just signed up for Libsyn without any episodes. So, But that should now put the pressure on you to, I got to record something. Or just realize you're lighting your money on fire. And when you ask for a, you know, because that's really kind of what you are, but I, I get it. Some people might do that. I think that might actually be a, an incentive because it's the same way of like, well, if I sign up for a gym membership because I'm paying money, I'm going to go. That doesn't work for me. I've tried it. Well, I just canceled my gym membership because I got a bunch of stuff here. Like, it's no. And it's cold outside. I don't want to go anywhere. Chris is uh, says here, Never ask for advice if you can't handle it. That's great stuff. And then Gary says again, yeah, great point on the media hosting. Yeah, it's just something I see a lot, and it's always awkward. The other thing, can we can we bring the party down? Are you ready to get depressed, Jim? Oh, we're not <laughs> depressed already? <laughs> and this is public. He put, he's an amazing dude. Have you ever heard of Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work You Love? I have not. Really no. good. I mean, just the nicest guy on the planet. Goes last month with his sons to Las Vegas, and they go and see U2 in the Sphere, and he had a weird stomach thing going on. He's like, well, that's weird. Long story short, the guy's covered in cancer. Like, he's not going to be here very soon. He's, he's, he's got his ticket to ride. And I say this because I got my, I hate this ticket. Hey, my dad did the Dr. So-and-so show. How do we take over a show? because we don't want to lose his voice. And luckily, yeah. luckily that guy had some sort of, if I'm dead file, because I said, I hate to ask you this. I'm so sorry for your loss, but I need you to verify the account. What's the last four digits of the credit card on file. And luckily she knew it, but I hate it when they go, I have no idea. Cause people are weird with, I, I'm just here to tell you when co-hosts get upset with each other, reason goes out the window and people do really just absurd stuff 
because I'm going to show him, you know, she's not going to be able to, you know, and the next thing you know, they're deleting everything in sight. And so we have to make sure when somebody says, hey, I want to cancel my show, like, okay, you got to prove that you're the owner of it. And so when somebody comes in and says, hey, my dad died, how do I take over his podcast? We have to verify the account. So I just say that with, with, and Dan is such a great guy. He said, hey, this is my last podcast. Here's why. It's all, it's, it's lung, it's bone, it's whatever cancer it is, he's got it. And he's like, he goes, but the interest, and he said, I've always said this. And he goes, what does this, oh, I'm going to blow his, his tagline. But he goes, what does this now make an opportunity for? Like, hey, I'm leaving. So what's the opportunity here? I'm like, well, if somebody gets to try to step in Dan's shoes, but I just say that again, not to to bring the party down, but and because the thing was, I don't have a if I'm dead file. I've I've talked about this numerous times, and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to type that up and stick it in the closet because my dad, all of my dad, when his will and all this stuff was in this little black binder in the closet, and everybody knew, hey, if dad kicks the bucket, go to the closet. Uh, and when he had Alzheimer's, he would. Rem- that was one of the part of the house tour. He would go, oh, well, just in case you don't know. And you're like, yeah, you, you've told me every time I'm over here, Dad. And he's like, this this is where everything is. We're like, okay, good. So if you haven't put together a Hey, I'm Dead file, you might want to put together a, a Hey, I'm Dead file. So with that, let's let's talk about happier things. We had a question here from Rich, and he says, how do how do you how do guests feel about being heavily edited like that? I can tell you how I feel when I'm not edited. Horrified. Because I'm an um machine. I'm an and dumb. I was listening last week, and I'm going to do my best to not do it. But when we go to the awesome supporter segment, and I'm moving from wheel of names to whatever, I am an and dumb machine, like nobody's business. Like every time I shut up, I'll be like, and uh, this is run by PodPage. And if you... And uh, oh my God, would you please quit? Just shut up. If you if you're transitioning, just shut up. And so, the other thing is, Jim, when you're when you're a guest on a show, do you go back and listen to the interview? I do. Do you really? I don't. Yeah, I do. I'm yeah. like, I was there. I listened to I their do. introduction. I'm like, I want to hear what they said about I, me. And then I'll I want to the- see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I want to see what they did with it. Like, <laughs> I'm always interested. And then I don't. I sometimes don't remember what I said. A couple days later, you're like, I wonder if I made an ass of myself on the thing. That's usually like, was that, was that smart or was that not, you know? So no, I go back almost every single time I go back and listen to them. I think to, to that question, do you know, do you inform your guest? I generally say to the guest, Hey, we don't do any, I do very little edits. <laughs> Same thing with the Gallup podcasts. Just so you know, we do very little edits. If you are a heavy editor, it may be a good idea to disclose that to your guests coming in and saying, hey, we've recorded 60 minutes worth of content, 35 of it, I'm making that up, 35 of it are going to make it to the to the actual podcast. I will do some heavy edits. Do you want to review that before I, because some when you say edit, some people might think, are you going to edit me to make me sound different, right? So I would add then to that, do you want to review the file before I make it go live? The last thing you want is to release it. The guest to say, I didn't say that. You need to pull it down, right? So I think it's smart to get the approval. By the way, even if they do approve it and didn't listen to it and come back later and say, you need to take it down, you probably need to take it down. But it, it is, it, it is, I think, smart to just disclose both, whether you don't edit or whether you do. 
if you do edit heavily, I do find the guests are a little, um, they're a little more willing to make mistakes Then they're not. I don't think they're as good because they know you can edit that out. So they'll be like, Oh, I don't want to say that. Take that part out. <laughs> and, and when you told them in advance, you're not going to edit, they don't have that freedom. So I, th- I get, I feel like I get better edits when I tell them I'm not going to edit this. Like they're a better guest vo- verbally that way. Yeah. Uh, Gary says, I always share out of a rough cut of what our episode will compromise or I'm trying to read on that nine comprise, inch, yeah, yeah. comprise of before we release it. My only worry about that is you might end up with the super anal guest that's like, can you take out that um there? Or can you take out where I said this and that? And I'm like, okay. So what I usually do is I do kind of an audio release at the end of the interview. I'll go like, hey, you know, Jill, that was a great interview. Thank you so much again for for coming on. Is there anything that we talked about today that you would want to be you know, have it removed. And I've had one person, it's like, hey, that one, one thing I kind of inadvertently talked about my job, I didn't mention my job, but can you cut that out? I go, absolutely. So I kind of do that and that takes care of it. And then the only thing I've ever done that might be seen as a radical was I was interviewing someone and about 30 minutes in, her answer was amazing. Not that the first 20 minutes weren't, but the 30 minute one, I was like, oh, that is good stuff. And I just moved it to the front. I'm like, I don't want to make my audience wait 20 minutes to hear this. Let's start off there. And But other than that, I'm just cutting out all the stuff I talked about before, the get to the question, flubbering, things like that. So uh, that's how I handle it. Because I'm just, I'm always worried if I give somebody final cut, unless they ask for it, I usually don't offer that. Because I'm always worried about the guy that's like, well, you know, you, you know, there's always, maybe a guy's an audio engineer. Can you boost the 10K? <laughs> Can you do, you know, any chance we could add, you know, so. But that doesn't happen very often. I mean, I think no, it's, I, I think it's still worth it. it I think that sh- uh, making it sound great for the guest and if the guest is comfortable with it, I think they'll share it more. Yeah. Um, it also, if it's been a while, sometimes I've done interviews and it haven't been released for two or three months. And I've forgotten that I even did that interview. Yeah. And I'm less likely to share it because uh, the momentum is gone. So having them review it, just, hey, could you review this before I release it? Uh, you know, I need it in the next couple of days if possible. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing I think along those lines, if, you've, if you have an audio edit, editing schedule and you say to the person, hey, I just got done editing this. It's Friday night. I just got done editing this and I'm hoping to release it Monday. Can you listen to it? That's a little rude. Like you're asking them to listen to it on the weekend. Now, they may not have a problem with that. But they might. And so, like, get your own schedule in line so you know, you know, that at least they've got a couple days to a week to, to get out there, to jump in there. They're, not everybody is as excited as you are to get that episode released. So give them some time to, to get through it and get it done. Well, I've started putting a thing in my to-do list that reminds me, hey, check on interview. Because I'll be interviewed by somebody. Like, I was interviewed somebody, I think it was in November. And it just came out this month. And yeah. there are many times that I I just forget about it. But now I'm like, wait a minute. You know, you took up two hours of my time, uh, a half hour shooting the the breeze. And then we did the interview. And then we sat around after the interview. I'm like, I kind of want a little return on my investment there. So I'm now going back to you going, hey. And I'll say, like, if, if you plan on not releasing it, like, I give them the open door. If I didn't deliver value and you don't want to release it, that's fine. But like, what happened, you know? And then I've found in some cases where 
I won where, oh yeah, this will be out in a couple months. And it, like they pod faded before it came out. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a bummer. Um, and that's where sometimes I, um, I used to for a while, if you had made it past like episode 11, I wouldn't be on your show. But on the other hand, I was like, yeah, cause there have been shows. I was like, you know, episode three, it was like brand new. And, you know, if you remember those early episodes, they may not be great, but they do get a lot of downloads because they've been around for 13 years now or whatever. So that's always kind of, kind of tricky. But, um, SP said, if, uh, it's a, it is a first name in most societies. You got you got to uh, go back to get this the other is, one. That's, that's an answer. It's kind of a joke, just yeah. to be honest. Going uh, on, so well. Let's. Uh, Craig says for my university podcast, we always offer guests the opportunity to review the final audio virtually. None of them do, but it's a great idea. Yeah, that's it. And you other made a great point. I know some people like they'll go through the whole. You know, you have to sign this digitally and do this, and you're giving us it's a release form. I get that, and I'm kind of doing the audio release. And if somebody later, if I said, hey, is there anything you wanted to, you know, pull out of that? And they go, no, it's fine. And then later they're like, ah, you know, I was kind of being a little risque there and I'm looking for a job. Any chance you could pull that down? I have never once said, you gave me rights to do it and I'm not, you know, um, power of the press. But no, I'm like, because to me, the the biggest um, advantage of an interview is the relationship. Yeah, you get content and things like that, but it's the... It's the relationship, but I don't want to damage that because, well, you gave me rights. I'm not going to pull it down. And so, you know, that's always kind of, kind of true. Yeah. Don't, don't, it's not that important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think it is, you're like, but there's going to be a gap in my numbering and people, no, they're not going to notice. And if you do, if you got that one listener who does notice, just tell them, congratulations. I was testing you to see if you noticed I pulled something down and they will, you know, sometimes they will notice, but most of the time, nobody, you know, nobody will notice. Your most avid listeners, we, we, I have a situation where uh, we had some recording that we had to cancel in December, and we've decided to take that recording offline. We're just going to record them offline. And I, I did have one guest go, hey, you're missing, <laughs> I'm missing some things. You didn't get to those. I'm like, yes, we're not going to do them live. Oh, that I'll miss that. Yeah, you will. Sorry, that was a decision that we made to, you know, just in... In with expediency and and actually we've delayed that four or five times. I may just push them to the end of the year and do them then. But um, you're, the the hole in your podcast list is not going to be noticed. Just to be honest, I mean, yeah. it's just not. It doesn't. Matter. However, Dave, I mean, I'm a I'm I'm a completionist. I like complete lists of things. So it hurts me a little bit to go 15, 17, like you know. 14, 15, 17, 18. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Well, yeah. I remember in the early days of the school of podcasting, like around episode 200, and I was up to like episode 315 or something like that. And a person reached out. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going through your whole back catalog. What happened to like, whatever, episode 204? And I'm like, oh, that was one. I interviewed the guy from InnerTube. I interviewed so-and-so, and we talked about this, and none of those things exist anymore. There's nothing of value in that episode, so I pulled it down, but he, it was the same thing. Like, wait, I've listened to them all, except 204. I must listen. The Quest. I have to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of The Quest, uh, I don't have my music ready, but uh, uh, if you're ready for a, a quick 10-second... 10, 10 oh, wait, maybe I do have it. Um, do I not have tangent? Yes, I do. 
Oh, lovely. Here comes another 10-second tangent from Dave. Brilliant. <laughs> Such absolute rubbish. And it has a lot to do with that. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is now on Netflix. So oh, yeah. I, I, I saw that and I was like, oh, so uh, if, you're a, if you're a Monty Python fan, and, uh, here's the thing. If you are a fan of silly, you will love that movie because it's very, yeah. very silly. In irreverence. In irreverence. Yeah. They're pretty irreverent. I'm being you know, impressed. Right. That is a good, I mean, regardless of where you land on Monty Python. You're talking about the Holy Grail, right? Or Life of Brian or both? Uh, I just saw um, the Holy Grail. And I Holy just, because okay. when I said something like, you know, I'm being oppressed or uh, we seek the Grail, you know, I seek episode 204. Those guys did that movie on no budget. Yeah. Like it was, li I mean, just, and if you go back and watch the making of that, you'll hear uh, John Cleese talk about like, yeah, we didn't, we, we didn't have anything. We were making stuff up. You know, we were doing stuff. The bloopers, many of the bloopers made it into the movie. Things they never intended. There were a, but those were a group of guys who were just excited about doing some things who were artists yeah. who wanted to get some stuff done, but they didn't have the budget to do it. They just, they soared with their strengths. They did. They just did it regardless of, of whether people, they thought it was going to work or not. It largely didn't work until later, right? It that is a movie that has caught on the longer it's been around. And what's crazy is it was old when I was young. I've shown it to my kids. My Bingo. kids adore the movie, right? And and we we quote lines from the Holy Grail as a family all the time. And um, and so that's one of those legacy things where if you have it in you, do it. Cause you never know. You never, you never know when it's going to, when it's going to hit. It is a litmus test. If I find a woman <laughs> I'm interested in, I will ask her, so what are your opinions on the Holy grail? And if she says, I'm not interested in it, I'm like, well, then you're not, you're not for me. Oh, never mind. No, if, thank you. If she says she is, do you make her quote? Okay. Then prove it. Yeah. It's a quote. Two, two lines. <laughs> I want two lines and from the movie. She'll say, I'm not dead yet. And then, you know, it's just a flesh that wound. One. Yeah. Um, well, that's the same scene, though. I would say two lines right. from different yeah. scenes. Yeah. George Harrison paid a lot for that movie. But that brings up something. You, you mentioned how, you know, that really has, has gathered steam. There are a fair amount of movies that do that. They didn't do good at the box office. And then later they get this cult following. And you yeah. know what one of them is? You watch it every Christmas. Do you know where I'm going? Uh, yeah, is it the... You know, uh, uh, well, Mary and... Uh, uh, yeah, George, Zuzu, no. yeah, George Bailey. Stewart. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're screwy, Potter. Yeah, uh, Mary. Uh, who names their kid Zusu? I don't know. But um, here's the thing. That movie tanked. It lost money when it was released in 1947. And whoever at RKO, you know, the... the what is that? Studio they didn't fill out the paperwork to guard their copyright. And so it fell into fair use way early in the seventies. And then people are like, Hey, it's Christmas. Like nobody wants to work. So what can we put on in its place? We need something cheap. Oh, this is free. Oh, let's put that on. And it took off. So, and now you got every year, you're like, ah, uh, look at this. Oh, oh, Zuzu, all oh, your pedals. Oh yeah. Oh, which always, you're, yeah. pretty, you're pretty good at that. Uh, my nice, all, nice. all I'm all I'm doing I'm doing Dana Carvey doing Jimmy okay. Stewart. 
I loved it. Dana Carvey always used to do Jimmy Stewart like, ah, this one time I got sick drinking this uh, cheap Mexican crap called Cho-Cho. And me, you know, it's like, it's, it's hilarious. But uh, the, 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 the bad side of that, the, the dark side of what we're talking about there is that just because you did a low budget production, just because you did yeah. your art, man, that's it. Just because, right. Just because doesn't mean it's going to be successful. So we, we know about these movies, Holy Grail and Princess Bride and, you know, f- fill in the blank, right? Where they didn't have uh, 13 Monkeys, where they didn't have, mm. the, their box office was terrible, but then they got a cult following afterwards. There, for every one of those, I'm making this number up, there's a hundred that were in that same category that we don't know about, right? History's written by the victors. And in this case, history's, those movies we see them as popular because they are, um, but we don't see the hundred that weren't. So there's not to be a Debbie Downer. Maybe this is the Debbie Downer <laughs> episode. Wah, wah, wah. Ed, Ed, Ed Sullivan always dogs me on Sundays when I meet with him. He's like, dude, you, give him some hope, <laughs> a little bit of hope for God's <laughs> sakes. You're just, you're just crushing their will to live. Uh, but that that low budget that low budget thing you do may not go anywhere. Yeah. Just just yeah. just the the thing that the 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 thing is don't not do it because of that. You've got to try. I mean, you've got if it's if it's in you, if it's in your soul, and you got to get it out there. Get it out there. Um, let the success fall where it falls uh, yeah. from that from that standpoint. But you never know. But that is going to be a future episode of the School of Podcasting, which is, look, Dave, I'm making people laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. I'm being vulnerable. I'm promoting, like, it's just not working. And there's a thing called timing that sometimes, you know, something, you just, I always remember Jay Moore did a show that was about Hollywood, and it was fairly accurate on how it actually worked. And he said, like it got all sorts of great reviews because the industry was writing about itself and it was amazing. And he goes, it was just, everybody loved it. He goes, there was only one problem. It was on Thursdays against friends. And he goes, it just, you know, I think he did a season or two and he goes, and that was a great show. He goes, but nobody can remember it. You know, like, well, what are you going to do? Uh, let's see where are we at time. Let's, let's thank some awesome supporters. Um, and uh, you can do this, uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, I'm, we weren't done here. I'm going to read all the awesome supporters. I said I was going to do that at the end of the year, and I would, it dawned on me this morning, Mike. I never did that. But uh, this show is brought to you by theschoolofpodcasting.com, where we have step-by-step coaching, uh, step-by-step coaching. Well, we have that, too. We also have courses and uh, community. I just added uh, a bit because... Buzzsprout has added pod roll and somebody had a question about using their mid roll tools. And so if there's a, a feature that has come out, then you don't know how to use it. Well, then I'll go make a tutorial about it. So check it out. School of slash coach will save you when you sign up. We also run on pod page. And if you want to try pod page, it's super simple. Go to try If you want to learn PodPage, go to learnpodpage.com, and that trypodpage.com, in full disclosure, is uh, my affiliate link. And uh, there it is. Did you hear it? And uh, no, bad, Dave, bad. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, We also run on Ecamm. We're running Ecamm Live right now. You're soaking in it. 
And uh, if you want to check it out, go to supportthisshow.com slash ecam. And if you need more Jim Collison, and who doesn't, then go over to theaverageguy.tv. And uh, the awesome supporter this week, now in theory, if I do this, we're going to get an ugly screen, but one of these is this one. And I've had people ask, hey, how do I get on the wheel of names? And the answer is you become a $20 supporter. And you can do that again at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So we've, you, you mentioned uh, Ed Sullivan. I see him there on Sonic Cupcake and Aviation News Talk and Latin Podcast Awards. So who is the uh, awesome supporter of the week? Well, the wheel goes round and round and round. It makes fun little noises. And the winner is, oh, which is good because his book, oh, I thought it was going to be Ross because his book just came out. But John Muntz, if you want to check him out, Muntz is M-U-N-T-Z, johnmuntz.com. John, thank you so much for your support. And while I'm here, I will just switch the screen to here. And we just mentioned our $20 supporters, Glenn the Geek at Horse Radio Network, Max Trescott at Aviation News Talk, Ed Sullivan, Sonic Cupcake, uh, indie Drop-In, that's Greg, IndieDropIn.com. So if you are if you have scary shows or uh, it's it's basically just go to IndiePodCon.com. But remember, it's, it's comedy and scary shows. I know those two, there are certain shows they're looking for and they'll put you up and get you in front of a different audience. Uh, Jill and Allison at Keep the Flame Alive. Ross Brand, I just mentioned, Livestream Universe. He has his new book of predictions is out. Uh, Shane Wadley over at East Germany Podcast, or better known as uh, Radio GDR. Uh, and I just mentioned Jill. She's so good, she's mentioned twice on the website. I'll have to fix that. Craig at livewellandflourish.com. John Moons, who is the supporter of the week at John Moons. Again, Moons, M-U-N-T-Z. Felix at Latin Podcast Awards. Our $10 supporters are Sean Park at Be Your Own Nerd. Uh, Jennifer Hensel at Inspired Influencers. Michael Delaney, a longtime supporter at Baby Mountain Radio. Uh, Ronnie Neely at Dancing is Forbidden. That's the Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration Podcast. Our $5 supporters, Jennifer Longworth down in Kentucky, uh, Michelle Bunting, Kevin Patton, Eric Hunley, Randall Black. Thank you, Randall. Randall got a cool dad joke button for his birthday. Uh, congrats on that. I am Salt Lake. Uh, Carrie Bond. Carrie Bond is still supporting. There's another long time one. Uh, Jeremy Dennis, Jason Bryant from Matt Talk Online. Jim Collison is a $5 supporter Woo-hoo! from TheAverageGuy.tv. Thanks, Jim. Uh, and then we still have uh, some, old, and if you're on this list, you are a longtime supporter, our $1 supporters, because we don't have that option anymore. Uh, the Soccer Sidelines, Dan LeFeb from Based on a True Story Podcast.com, Mark from a Resourceful Designer, uh, Clara Neat, that is a podcast for clarinet players, uh, Wayne at MediaVoiceOvers.com, Paul Cheel, and Barb T USA. So thank you, awesome supporters, for that. And if I go back to that screen, then I believe if I click on this, yeah, you can be an awesome supporter by going to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support. So thanks to all of our awesome supporters. Do it. Yeah. Do it. You'll feel better. Many of you made a new New Year's resolution to support Ask the Podcast Coach. Get it done. Get it done today. Get it done. And so the, um, somebody asked in a group about YouTube and cause you know, here's the one thing I, I, I find this interesting. Oh, by the way, before I get to YouTube, the reason I had you redo that, cause I'm going to do this now is I'm adding a marker in my recording so I can see that we're changing topics. And when I, when you change topics, I went over to hit the, Hey, add a marker thing. And instead I hit the pause button. So I was like, Hey, can you redo that? So I don't just have you like talking about bad edits. But they were talking about YouTube money. And first of all, I love the fact 
that everybody says, hey, you know YouTube, it's the number two search engine. And yet I see people that completely ignore the number one search engine, which of course is Google. So don't don't give up on SEO and you know using great headlines and subheadlines and things like that. You know, SEO has not like somehow vanished and we just need to focus on YouTube. But so many people, I shouldn't say so, people think that if I start a YouTube channel, I'll make a ton of money. And it is a revenue stream, but I don't think most people know this. So somebody in a group said, Hey, how do you get monetized on YouTube? Who Do they reach out to you? Do they contact you? Uh, he says, I've six episodes out. So again, I'm six episodes out and I'm looking to make money. Maybe, just maybe a little early on that and nearly 22,000 views between them. So uh, how do I get some income for my 22,000? And somebody replied, and I checked, this is true. It takes 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours. Or... 10 million with an M shorts. Because if you think about it, if you tried to get 4,000 watch hours on one minute shorts, that's a pretty tall order. So 10 million short views in the past 90 days. Uh, Once you've reached that goal, you can start the process to apply to be YouTube uh, monetized. And so I then looked at, I, I got 165 views, I think on my last video and I made 29 cents. And so that is like, now on the other hand, I forget what that calculates to be. Instead of CPM, it's RPM. And if I'm getting that wrong, anybody with more YouTube experience, feel free to correct me. But I just wanted to point out that yes, it's an income stream, but here was somebody that like six episodes, I get it that the goal is to make money, but it is plan, launch, grow, and you're in the grow stage. And also, I just want to let people know. I think people think, oh, if I just start a YouTube channel, I can make money from day one. And that is not the case. So, Jim, any insights on, uh, like, I know for, um, I would think Gallup doesn't, or does Gallup have monetization turned on? I would think. No. Yeah, I'm like, I no. think not. It's not yeah. like, hey, you know, we're going to hear to talk about Gallup and, you know, all of our fun-filled products. Oh, but first, here's an ad from Progressive. You know, I'm like, I, I don't think that would quite work. So I didn't think so. But yeah. do you yeah, have- I was told I was told 10 years ago if an ad played on any of our videos that was not Gallup, I'd be fired. Those were the those are the exact words that were used. And so I've just kind of said, eh, let's avoid monetization. It's funny you mentioned I we just talked about this yesterday as a team. Um, you know, some things have changed at YouTube. They're monetizing whether you like it or not. So right. there's there's probably ads, even if you're if you have monetization turned off, there's probably ads playing against your content. So I need to have I'm gonna have a discussion with our director, you know, one of our directors of of VPs of marketing and and my my boss to say, hey, do we need to rethink this in 2024? Because it's possible. Now, you know, so we have our channel has 50,000 subs and we do, oh, geez. Uh, we get quite a few views, right, for, for what we do. But is it worth it to turn on monetization? Because our podcasts are giant ads. I mean, right. we we want people, right, that they're ads. That's what we want. And they're, they're edutainment, a lot of like what we do here where we – we teach things and we give away ideas and content and some of those kinds of things on the podcast, but we really want them. We, we use it as a marketing tool. Um, 
So we got to have that discussion to be like in 2024, has the landscape changed? Should we turn it on? And if we do, what should we expect? Like, I mean, if, if I'm, if it's a, if it's a thousand dollars, say it's a thousand dollars a month, which would be great for an individual, but from a corporation standpoint, $12,000 a year, is it worth it to give away your brand for $12,000 a year? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what they look like. We need to probably do some work probably need to do some homework to say what could a channel with these kinds of views see and then what do we risk what's the risk associated with that one of the guys said to me well we could create another youtube channel where we move the videos over and these get monetized and these don't i'm like so are you going to do that work yeah because <laughs> i that's a, we have thousands of videos now uh, right so you know not gonna we, we just launched a new series called uh, uh leading with strengths and it it so it gets a 30 minute clip and then it gets these five three to five minute clips made out of them right and we put those in as regular videos and they run reels on them and all those kinds of things that's that one you know for every one of those i have seven artifacts you know multiply that times 30 or 40 and we're we're hoping to do 100 or 200 of those all of a sudden your youtube channel gets a little gets a little unwieldy and there's always that question dave of do I, do I make a different YouTube account? I mean, we've done that in the past. And then people come back and say, why do you have seven YouTube accounts? And you're like, well, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have done it unless we needed to. Well, so settle down, you know? Yeah. I'm in that dilemma with this show because this show is 90 minutes on a channel where most of the videos are six to 10. You know what I mean? And I'm right. like, uh, and I was like, well, I could move ask the podcast coach to its own channel, but everybody's already rang the bell and smash to be notified when we go live on this channel. And I'm just like, eh. and that's where I get, that's about as far as I go. I'm like, you know what? I'm not really like a super serious YouTuber. And I'm like, if I was, I probably would say, Hey, everybody starting in February, you have to go to find the, ask the podcast coach channel, you know? And I, I've thought about that, but I'm like, right now I'm like, eh, I got other things to, to worry about. But the, the beautiful thing is I knew this morning when I was like, well, what is the, the monetization stuff? And I Googled it. And what was weird is the first answer that came up wasn't from YouTube. And I was like, wait, a Google search did not bring up YouTube anyway. So uh, Todd is correcting me here. They changed the requirements to 500 subs and 4,000 watch hours from the last 12 months. So they expanded the time. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's cool. And uh, Uncle Mars says, yep, much more reasonable, but you still have the, the honor of applying. And he says the RPM. Uh, Todd the Gator again about uh, four to six dollars per thousands, and that's for for gaming. That's another thing. It depends on what category you're in. Uh, it's an auction on pricing. So he says the shorts are about one to two cents per one per thousand. That's that's yeah yeah. So yeah. that's I'm, I'm, you know hundred or two hundred dollars a month maybe for me, maybe more. But yeah, I get nothing. I mean, I really if I if no. I it's it's just not. Uh, like I said, I think my last one I had, a, first of all, I have 3,000 followers. I release a video, and part of that might be consistency because, you know, I took about oh, six months off. So, and the other one I think it is, I when I go into YouTube, they are so obsessed with shorts that I have to really go in and finally just go, show me my subscriptions because they're not on the front page of YouTube. They have all sorts of other stuff, but I'm like, where are the people that I've actually said, I want your content. And if it is them, it's their shorts. And I'm like, no, I actually want to watch, 
you know, Justin Hawk can rides again. And I'm like, oh, wait, I have to go to subscriptions, scroll way to the right. Oh, there it is. And I'm like, wow, you're making it really hard for me to get the content that I actually want. And just to, just for giggles, let's, let's, let's pull back the curtain, shall we? I'm trying to find my YouTube studio just to show you my numbers, just for giggles. So if I click on screen, yeah. So if I go here and look at my content, so yeah, here's my last video. So if I click on this, um, somewhere down here, maybe I clicked on the wrong thing. And oh, here we go. Analytics. So for those watching, I've gone into my YouTube uh, channel. I've clicked on content and I've clicked on analytics. You can see it had a whopping 64 views in the last 48 hours. And we're, oh, here we go. Uh, revenue. So I've, <laughs> oh, I've made a dollar. There we go. And so on how many views did it say? But it's, I just want to point out uh, again, <laughs> this is kind of like, what Ed Sullivan said, give them some hope. I'm just like saying, you know, it doesn't start off this, uh, how much money advertisers pay. Yeah. Point one. It's just not, I'm again, I'm not poo pooing it. I'm just letting you know that not everybody makes, you know, I always see like I, Todd had uh, a comment there like, Hey, if it's, um, the CPM is such and such, where'd that go? Yeah. Here's one. Um, so if a long form video gets a hundred thousand views, that's a lot of views. Um, that's about 400 bucks. Okay. But it's also a hundred thousand views and not saying it's not possible. There are definitely people that do that, but that is, those are the people that are doing YouTube and only YouTube. And it's funny. If you want to have fun, go into YouTube and type in YouTube algorithm and you will hear serious YouTubers talk about a, how you have to master the algorithm and B how they hate the algorithm they, they and I've, I saw two where they actually said it's almost like a religion because you have to bow down to the <laughs> to the algorithm, and it's like because you could be just totally killing it on YouTube, and then they change the algorithm, and it's like oh yeah, you remember how you were popular? You're you're not anymore, you know. You're not uh, sent to the bottom, but uh, you know it's uh, kind of tricky. Uh, the other thing I thought we could talk about how are we doing on time? Perfect. Um, is Jim, do you have an email list for your podcast? I do. It's buried and it's unused. Like yeah. I don't, but I do have one. But I, I saw, this is from Mailer Light, which is a, a system I've used. I liked it. It's kind of a cheaper version of, I wish, oh, ConvertKit, which I've also used, but I, I switched because I found Mailer Light and like, hey, they have the same feature set. And it's uh, cheaper. And so they they threw out a bunch of email list stats. And I was like, well, this is technically not podcasting, but kind of fun. The average open rate is 41%. The average click-through rate. And what do I always say, Jim? Well, if you're looking for people to take action, what's the magic number that most people get? Do you remember? No, I don't. It is 3%. Tell me. So when, people, oh, 3%, when yeah. I talk about Patreon or something like that, ah, you're probably going to get about 3%. So the average click-through rate, you guessed it, 3%. Um, it, it goes through a bunch of that stuff. So here's that. But I thought open rate of 41%. I was like, okay, because I, I get somewhere around that. And then they go through, and it, again, just like we were talking with, with downloads and social media, it kind of depends on what your, your category is. Uh, I will put a link to this. 
Can I put a link to this in the chat? I know I can. I just got to find it. But it goes through here, and again, you, you can see where the click-through rate, again, is just 3, 3. Oof, somebody went up to 4%. Somebody went down to 2%. Uh, if you're a blogger, 5% open rate. But if you're a business in finance, 1.1%. And so I'll, I'll put a link to this out in the show notes. I just thought it was interesting if you kind of, because we love to compare ourselves and rob ourselves of joy. The uh, <laughs> the open rate in 2023 went up to 41%, where last year it was 37%. And if there's anything else here we want to talk about, lower open rates. Sorry, Todd. Uh, gaming is 32%. Marketing and advertising 33%. Well, who who doesn't want to open up marketing? I love, please spam me some more, but here's the call to action. 3% in 2023. Now in um, 2022 is 3.38. So we actually went down, but both are again, 3%. So I just saw that and was like, huh, interesting that the old magic 3% kind of came up again. And it's a, I, I hate that stat. I really do. I wish it was higher, but on the other hand, Remember, it's average. Yeah, that's just average. Yours could be higher if you have, uh, if you're in a in a niche that is particularly engaging, or or people you write really good newsletter content. Um, it could be it could be much higher than that. This smaller audience may actually be a higher percentage because smaller audiences tend to be folks who are more engaged. So if you have a small audience and you're doing a great ga- a great job of engaging them, that number could be much higher for you. So. Just that's, that's that one number. It's such a big average, you yeah. know, Dave, I, I hate to, we've already done a pretty good job of discouraging people today. So <laughs> I, 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 maybe like to say that number may be a little low for, yeah. for you based on, it is a number like, you know, Aweber or, or uh, MailChimp, they'll, they'll give you some pretty good stats. Yeah. And so as you're doing it, give it a try. Mine, mine was always 30%. So it, based on my newsletter, now we're talking like 60 people. So those, and usually the ones that would sign up were serious about opening it. So and we would get, a, I'd get a higher percentage than the 3%. So don't be, don't be discouraged. But to your point, if you're doing a podcast and you're not getting any engagement, which is pretty, pretty common in a lot of ways, uh, that's okay. It's hard. It's, it is hard. It's hard to get those, the, those numbers. You just got to keep working at it. And the Z-Man asked a question a long time ago. I, I, I pinned it here and forgot to go to it. Um, he says, relatively new, uh, I am. Can you guys expound on podcasting 2.0 and its relevance? Boy, the, the last part of that is the, the fun part. Uh, you can learn about it at uh, thefutureofpodcasting.net. That's a podcast I do with Daniel J. Lewis. And there's a video right there on the front that shows you how to set up your show so that you can receive Bitcoin. But basically what it is, is when was the car invented? I don't know, 19 something. Teens, yeah. in the teens somewhere, I think. But teens, ev- 20s. eventually it was a big box with tires on it and a steering wheel. I remember, do you remember not powered steering? Are you old? Uh, no. <laughs> we, we, well, I, I know it exists. I never had a, never drove a car with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just remember you had to do, a, and it was like you had to have some muscles to turn a car without power steering. And then somebody said, hey, you know, it's kind of hot in that big metal box. Maybe we should add some air conditioning. Or, I don't know, there's this there's this new radio thing. Maybe we should put one of those there. Oh, it's a humdinger. Let's put that in there. And then they added a glove box. So they they took this box with wheels and, and tires and started adding more stuff to it. 
Podcasting 2.0 is simply, instead of just ditching RSS feed, what if we just added air conditioning, like a, a field for transcripts? What if we added a thing for what kind of media is this? Is this a podcast or is it a music or is it a book? Um, if it's, you know, if, if somebody's pod, I want to look into the, there's a thing for live podcasting. So you can set it up that if you're using one of the modern podcast apps at modernpodcastapps.com, like yesterday, the podcasting 2.0 show with Adam Curry and, and uh, the pod save uh, Dave mm-hmm, Jones. And they talk now that is, those are the geeky guys. They're talking about code. And so what Daniel and I are trying to do is, especially with Daniel's background, kind of take some of all that code talk and like, how does that work in English? But basically podcasting 2.0 is making podcasting better, like Podroll that was just added to Blueberry and Buzzsprout. And that's a way where you can say, hey, if you like this show, you might like these. So it's a way to kind of either promote your other shows or promote somebody that's your buddy whatever. And so that's a way of taking what was podcasting and going, wouldn't it be cool if we could recommend other people instead of relying on Apple's algorithm? Yeah, it would be cool. And then somebody said, Ooh, that's a good idea. What if we then, can we look at the feed and look at what everybody's promoting and then make a list so we can have, here are the top shows that other people are recommending. And they're like, we could do that. So like most great ideas, it's not the original one. That somebody says, what if we did this? Yeah, okay. And this we go, ooh, but what if we took that and did this and this and that? A lot of people really just think podcasting 2.0 is the the live uh, streaming of Bitcoin, which again, if you go to futureofpodcasting.net, I've got a video for it right there on the front. You, This show right now, if you're listening on a new podcast app, you can stream Bitcoin. In fact, you can send a boost with a message. And so I had somebody, it must have been a couple weeks ago, sent a boost and I went over and I converted the the Bitcoin amount and it was like two bucks. Wouldn't it be cool if every time somebody sends you an email, you got two bucks? I was like, now I'm not going to retire on two bucks. But on the other thing it does is I can see how far people are listening because all of a sudden I can see, oh, they're giving me, and, and what it is, there's a thing called a Satoshi. And in the same way that we have dollars in the US and then we have pennies, a Satoshi is a very, very, very small amount of Bitcoin, but if, and it's up to the, the listener. So some people I will stream, I don't know, 40 Satoshis a minute, uh, which is like a dollar an hour. Other people, I will stream more than that because I think they give me more value than this other show. Or if they say something that's really cool, like, um, Adam Curry made some really good points about Spotify the one day. And I instantly went to the app and I was like, Standing ovation. This was great info that I can't get anyplace else. So that's kind of it. Now, how relevant it is, if you go to podcastindex.org, which I'm going to run over here to now, um, it has some stats on this. And so here I am at that site. And if I go over to stats, the first thing you're going to see is that right now, in terms of Active podcast, meaning I've put out one episode in the last 90 days, 454,000. Now, granted, there are 4 million podcasts, but only 454,000 are active. And between you and me, if you haven't put out an, an episode in 90 days, I'm like, I'm, I'm more like 30 days, which is 300,000. But, you know, we'll, we'll go with 90,000. And if I go up to value for value, 
it's going to take it a second for it to kind of update and give me the stats here, but it is, it's loading. I, I want to say probably around 16,000 podcasts that are actually, yeah, 16,800 are utilizing this whole streaming thing. And I always say, look, it takes no time to set this up. If, if I go to futureofpodcasting.net, except I spelled it wrong because, you know, typing in front of people is not my strong suit. Uh, when you go there, there's a video right here. You'll see where it says, get your podcast set to receive Bitcoin. It takes next to nothing to, to set that up. And even if you don't promote it, because you kind of need to, because if I go to apps here, these are all the different apps and hosting companies that are set up. So for instance, Podcast Guru has all, you know, chapters. This is another new thing. Live boost, um, the person tag. Podping is a, a backend thing that basically means if you're using an app, one of these modern podcast apps, when you post your episode, it is in the app like less than two minutes, maybe. It's really, really quick. So again, here's podcasting. How can we make it better? So that, I mean, this is one of the things we could go on till another 10 minutes, but I'm like... So that's that's what it is. It's it's a bunch of uh, nerds that we all love, and they're we we jokingly say we're running with scissors because there are times when we're doing stuff and like I don't know, let's throw it on the wall and see what happens. And uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and hopefully it will be more adopted. That's the thing that I'm kind of missing. I want to see 2024. I want to see more of the like we're never going to see Spotify. Like Spotify came out with transcriptions. We're like, oh, good. Did you use the thing that's already built here that everybody's going to use? And they went, oh, no, we made our own. And then Amazon came out like, hey, we have transcriptions. Oh, did you use the field that's already here in the spec that all the apps are ready to? No, we made our own thing. So that's the part that I'm worried about. But in the end, if we can get the, the tail to wag the dog and kind of, and look, I love Apple. They've done great things for podcasting. But it's kind of cool if we can make our own little charts. And, you know, there's a, a website called OP3 that you can get your, your stats. If you don't have stats, you can get your own stats uh, through this open source thing called OP3. So we're just kind of going, you know, when, when people started getting censored, that was the other thing that kind of inspired this. When people started getting their shows pulled because you said booger, Adam Curry was like, all right, enough of this. We've got to protect podcasting from people because he is a, a true fan of absolute free speech. So, and what I mean by that is like Substack right now is having a problem. Well, I don't know if it's a problem, but the, the head guy is because there are Nazis like legit Nazis on Substack that are raising money. Now they're not doing hate speech. What's technically hate speech, but people are like, you need to pull them off. We don't like what they say. And he's like, eh, they kind of have the right to say it. Even, and he goes, look, I, completely disagree with everything they're saying over there. And so that's where Adam is like, no, no, we need, even if you don't like what somebody says, we still need to give them the, the right to, uh, to do that. So it's, it's kind of tricky. Uh, I'm trying to pull up, there's a resources site over there. And yeah, so let me share my screen here. I have, this could be really embarrassing, but remember the, the future of podcasting is a hyper new show and this is the OP3 stats. So uh, for those that are listening, it's a black screen. It's it's a dark mode, and I can see that. In, now we haven't put out an album. An album. How old am I? We haven't put out a um, an episode in January yet. 
So we have 28 downloads in the last seven days, 109. Uh, you know, our unique audience is 250 people, roughly. You know, and then you go down and you can see how not how far people have listened, but they're comparing different episodes and how they compared. So uh, if you go over again to futurepodcasting.net, it's all the other, you know, I got cities, I got countries, I've got type of devices. So 89% of our audience is on mobile, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. And some media hosts will let you add the prepend to OP3 and others <coughs> uh, won't. So, um, and that's their prerogative. If you don't like that, then move to a different host, I guess. But uh, I'm sure some people, because this is open source and people get a little, a little, uh, what's the word, nervous around open source stuff because, you know, well, it's free. And if it's free, of course, the old adage is, well, if you're not paying for the service, then if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. So I, I get people's uh, nervousness about that. But uh, I'm just, I'm trying to find, I, I, I thought about this idea. Jim, let me know if this is a dumb idea. I was thinking about getting, like, just doing a call, like, hey, on whatever, February 14th, we're going to show our love for podcasting. I want to hold a webinar and walk everybody through getting their show set up to receive streaming Bitcoin, whether they ever pull it out or not. Just like, Hey, let's put it out there and see if you get anything. Do you think I would get any takers on that? No, sure. Yeah. You get a few. I think it'd be smarter to do it every quarter. Yeah. Cause it takes more than idea. one time. Yeah. Right? You know, you got to kind of work things and give, give people time to, we, we tend to give up on things too quickly when, you know, we throw the, Listen, podcasting 2.0 is is in this boat where it's in the thick of it right now. They just need to keep pushing forward. Just keep talking about it. Keep working. I think there's this, I feel like, this is my opinion. I feel like there's this mentality that everybody needs to adopt it or else. And nobody likes that. <laughs> like, Hey, let's let's get folks who are excited about adopting it to adopt it. Let's show the value of it so that it's so people start seeing. Let's start getting some success in the in the in the areas for the people who are using it. The others will come, but it, they're not going to come if we browbeat them. We're not going to come if we get make them feel guilty for not doing these kinds of things or say get with the program. Nobody ever was. You know, nobody ever wants to join a group that, that where people are saying, you know, okay, enough already. I'll shut up. I'll, I'll do this. Right. I'm being oppressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Help, help. I'm being repressed. Um, the, uh, I, I think, um, it took a while for RSS like mm. to, to do its thing. I think we just need to keep pressing forward and not get frustrated. I, I sense, I sense from the leadership of, around this podcasting 2.0 a little bit of frustration and a kind and a little bit of talking down like you're not doing 2.0 you're you're you know how dare you how dare you podcasters don't take and again nobody wants to be browbeat right when it when the when the uh when the value makes sense people will come running and remember when <laughs> remember when spotify was uh, like a, cl a very closed system and there were just a few companies that it, could oh, yeah. get you on Spotify and they opened the doors and it just created this vacuum and pe well, the, it, it, 
people perceived being on Spotify as value. So yeah, they were they were jonesing for those invites. They wanted to get in right away. Nobody had to say to people, you better do this. You better get on Spotify. Everybody wanted to be there, right? I think we need to, you have to create that kind of marketing hype to, to say, no, when the value is there, the value is there. I think it's a huge mistake to use Bitcoin as the back end for this thing. And I think it's going to continue to limit the adoption of it because there's people who are just scared of it. So call it a rewards program yeah. and don't say Bitcoin and maybe things are a little bit different there. Yeah. James Crinlin you know? calls it a uh, an internet token. He says it's like when yeah. you go to the fair, you know, you get a token to, you know, buy yeah. the bear or play the game. Uh, just to share my screen here one more time, this is, you can see in my account, I've received 719,000 Satoshis. And so if I go over here and say, what is that in money? Like actual, like what's the deal here? Uh, $308.64. So better than a poke in the eye, not going to retire on that. And that's in probably a year and a half, maybe two. So, but, you know, it's one of those things where, and there are people that, not a lot, again, because A, it's one of the hardest things. You have to get people, in many cases, off of Apple Podcasts and into Castomatic, into Fountain, into a bunch of those over at modernpodcastapps.com, um, and that's hard to do. I mean, I it took me forever. I still love Overcast. I still use it, but the only reason I don't use it is because they don't support streaming, you know, Satoshi. So I moved to Castomatic, which I still say is of you know i don't want to get somebody in trouble but it looks so much like overcast i'm like there's got to be some sort of copyright somebody patent stealing i don't know it's you open up like oh wow overcast is orange and this one is red other than that it's it's really really similar so uh but uh maybe it's something you want to play with maybe not um and i just realized something and we're out of time um gary sent a question and i already answered it so Gary, I know he's in the chat room. <clears throat> he's like, Dave isn't playing my voicemail that I sent in. And it's because I just remembered it. And if you saw the beginning of the show, I'm a bit of a train wreck this morning. So that's uh, sometimes that happens, but we will, we will play. You, your... you recovered well. Well, you know what it was? It, it's all Ralph's fault. Ralph came in and uh, I was like, oh, good. We know where we're starting. Don't, <laughs> don't blame it on the guests, Dave Jackson. You know, it's all you. It's all me. It was all my fault. So <laughs> just um, own it. Just own it. Yeah. It's, so we will, we will play that next week. And if you want to send in a question, just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash ask. And uh, honest, we will play it eventually if Dave remembers. So awesome. Well, Jim, what's, uh, what's coming up on theaverageguy.tv this week? I'm heading out of town, so I took the weekend off, which is always kind of nice about podcasting. You can do whatever you want. So I'll leave you on this note. This morning for breakfast, I had an English muffin. It's neither English nor a muffin. There you go. Check it out over at theaverageguy.tv. There you go. Why do you drive in the parkway and yet park in the driveway? Park in the driveway. It's very strange. Right. What was Captain Hook's hand before he, the accident? That's an old Robin Williams joke. <laughs> Or what I said, I said Captain Hand. What was Captain Hook's name before the right. accident? Was he Captain Hand? Anyway, um, on the School of Podcasting, here's the fun thing. I can't decide. It's either going to be, I put out a newsletter. Here's another thing about newsletters. I have a newsletter. It's at podcastobservations.com, which I found out if you put www in front of that, it doesn't work. So I got to fix that later. But podcast podcastingobservations.com. And I put out a a thing that I, I I didn't think would work in a podcast form because it's me saying you need a coach. 
and why coaches are beneficial. And I explained a couple things. And I thought if I put that out as a podcast, people are going to go, oh, of course, the coach is saying you need a coach. And I put it out as a newsletter and I got much more feedback than I have on other newsletters that I've put out. So that actually might be the episode because people are like, that was so good. So it's either that or Dave Jackson might try to save humanity with his podcast, which would be all about, we talked about feedback and people yelling at you. And I think I'm going to just not do that because I've come to the conclusion that I can't save humanity. And sometimes people just want to argue. And um, yeah, you saving, that's a big task. Saving humanity, big <laughs> task. Save it, let somebody else do that. <laughs> so follow the show, schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow, and you can get whatever episode I put out as soon as it's ready. And we'll be here next week with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach. Ask the Podcast Coach.